Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest episode of the Finger Guns Podcast. I'm your host, Roscoe Keniston, and I'm joined by Mr. Sean Davies. Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. You know what, man? I'm all right. It feels like it's been a while since we've done this, but it hasn't. It's been exactly a week. Yeah. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. And, of course, with us is Mr. Paul Collett. Bonjour. How you doing, sir? Oh, not too bad. I'm, uh, my, my brain is fried from Destiny 2 weirdness, but it's all good. That's okay, man. We can talk about that later if you like. Thanks, man. If you want to rant about Destiny 2. Uh, Greg, sadly, is not with us this week. He is currently in France at Hellfest. Yes. Which is a festival of hell. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see the pictures right? of it? They came back today. Like they, they released pictures of the, the camping ground of where he is, and it's like rusty metal spikes and stuff set up to look like a wasteland. It looks really cool. A bit mad maxi. <laughs> yeah. Towers, isn't it really? I got got a little bit jealous, if I'm honest. (laughs) Should we all go and gate crash? Yeah, let's go to hell. All right, cool. Thanks, everyone. This has been the Finger Guns Podcast. (laughs) If you have been listening, the last couple of weeks we've been very focused on E3 and all the E3 madness. But now that is out of the way, we're going to go back to normal with our regular scheduled programming and a very traditional Finger Guns podcast this week. But it'll still be lots and lots and lots of fun, as they always are. So we're going to kick off with what we've been playing. So, Mr. Sean Davies, what have you been playing this week? Strap in. I'm going to go through this as quickly as possible. Because there's a lot. So, primarily, I've been playing Mini Mac Mayhem, which is Future Lab's latest offering. It's a PSVR game. It's a kind of tabletop strategy game that's amazing. I'm super enjoying it. It's a very odd twist on tabletop games where you play against up to three other people, and the idea is to collect three points by killing other mechs in turn-based combat or by, by each round being the person that's standing on a particular marker, which gives you a point. But you don't know who's, whose move's going to happen first because each move has a point value and the lowest point value goes first. For example, if you're going to move just like very short distances and then shoot for the body, for example, which is the lowest class shot, it, um, it means you will move first and shoot first. But if you want to do like heavy damage and move a long distance, you will go at the end, which means you can never really predict how a, how a, how a round is going to go. And it is utter chaos. But once you really get your head around the rules, and they are really complex, it is so fun. And I've been having a huge amount of fun with that game. Awesome. Plus, it, it is really cute. So, <laughs> What does, the, um, what does the, the VR add? Um, so basically, you are sitting in like a, cent- a town center, and while it doesn't feel like it's the best use of VR, the effects that come off the board are really kind of surprising and eye-popping. So if a shot misses a character and it hits the side of the board, it kind of causes this kind of like matrixy-like ripple effect in a wave around the board that's like really eye-popping. It's really visually pleasing, shall we say. And when you win, all these things come out of the table and start firing party poppers in your face, which is <laughs> nice. It's just, it's just, it's just a lot of, lot of fun. It's another great game for Future Lab. My review of it should be up by the time this podcast goes up. I hope. I've also been playing Killing Floor Two and Killing Floor Incursion. Yeah, those games are great, and I'll have a review at them soon. If you like Call of Duty Zombies, you should really be playing Killing Zone because uh, Killing Floor because they. They are better. The thing is, I didn't know that these games were basically the, the Call of Duty zombie mode, and I didn't know that Call of Duty had ripped off Killing Floor, but apparently <laughs> they did. Um, oh, there you go. 
So yeah, that, I learned something this, that this last couple of weeks. I've also been playing a lot of Borderlands 2 to try and get through to do this new DLC that they've released, which leads up to Borderlands 3. Only problem is, I don't have a save game, so one of my kids has obviously deleted it or something, so I've had to start from scratch, and you have to be level 31. So the grind has begun again. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. I Yesterday I purchased um, Citizens of Earth. Sorry, Citizens of Space. Because yes. Citizens of... Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yes. so Citizens of Space is the sequel to Citizens of Earth, which is a game that Atlas and Sega released a couple of years ago. It's kind of like Earthbound. It's kind of like um, Crossing Souls. But they've really leaned into the whole Trump aspect this time, <laughs> which which is like... So, so the, the plot is basically you are the ambassador from Earth turning up at the Intergalactic Senate. And as you turn up, they're like, okay, you're going to have to come to your inauguration speech. And the characters, obviously, like the ambassador is like, it's going to be the biggest crowds ever. And nobody turns up. And he's like, see, the biggest crowds. And I was like, oh, God, <laughs> this is like straight up laying it at Trump. But yeah, it's very funny. And also this week, obviously, the, the Games Pass, the Xbox Games Pass for PC is currently being offered at £1 for 12 months. And did you know that you can stack that three times? You can buy that three times and have £36, 36 months of Xbox Games Pass Ultra for £1. Wait, what? I thought it was £1 for one month. Oh, yeah. So you can, you can buy... Sorry, yeah. It's £1 for one God, month. God, I was going to say. Yeah. You can, you can stack that up to 36 So you can, you can have, spend £36 and have 36, 36 months. months. My God, I did not know that. Interesting. So, yeah. So I've been taking full advantage of that and playing some of the games on there. Uh, I've ditched my FIFA uh, F- Football Manager 18 review um, playthrough and picked up a Football Manager 19 playthrough, which is terrible because Stoke are now in the champion- championship. Oh, no. <laughs> and it's so hard to play as in that game. It's diabolical. And also I've been playing Supermarket Shriek. Diabolical. <laughs> it is diabolical. It's quite, it's, quite a cool word to use for, for a game. It's it's it. The problem is right. That game is too realistic because Stoke cannot buy a win. <laughs> I, I've even cheated. I've got you know. I've done the whole you know. Man City just bought um, Barahino from us from forty million, um, and then he got injured for six months on his first day at the job. That was great. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, and also that like supermarket shriek, which came out on PC and Xbox for a couple of weeks ago. That game is nuts. You play as a guy and a goat stuck in a trolley. Uh, and <laughs> you basically have to move the trolley by getting them both to scream. And it's like... Right. Yeah, it's 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 so confusing and really difficult to control. But that's the point, I think. Um, and it's it's very fun. There's, there's a super hot level on it, which is really fun. It's like a supermarket. But only, only things move whenever you move. And when you get to the end, it goes super Market, super <laughs> market. <laughs> Excellent, brilliant. That's not, and that has been everything I've been playing this week, a lot. Blimey! Wow. Yeah. Straight back into the gaming. I like it. Uh, Paul, what have you been playing this week? Well, uh, I've been playing Destiny Two. Yes. Um, I thought I'd uh, try and get past my level thirty cap. I felt I couldn't do it. So I had to come to you guys for help to figure out how to download and what download to buy. All very strange. All sorted out now. So I'm going to continue playing that. And I have also been playing uh, Blood and Truth, which um, uh, yeah. I'm going to say, 
Can I, I put it out there? It's going to be in my list of game of the years, I think, this year. Wow. Good Fantastic. Man. Good man. It's, uh, it's strange because the last two games of the year for me have been, uh, been VR games. Who would have thought? Who would have thunk it? Indeed. Oh, man. I am jealous. I it do miss is... my VR headset when I see Blood and Truth being played. Blood and Truth, uh, I think they've nailed the movement aspect. Uh, they've nailed the shooting, everything. Um, the only thing they need to probably uh, work on is the cover system. But other than that, it's, it's just fantastic. It is really, really good. And I'm so impressed that I actually can't wait to get off this podcast and play some more. So, sorry about <laughs> So, tell me something about Blood and Truth. Is there no... Because I was watching a playthrough. I was watching um, Ian's at Eurogamer's playthrough uh, today. And there doesn't seem to be any like nausea. You didn't feel ill at any moment. And the game is pretty fast moving in certain places. For me personally, no. There's two options when you start the game. You can have the, uh, the comfort mode on, which uh, gives you a vignette around the edges so you don't see the movement so, so much to the sides of your eyes. Uh, and you can also play it without that. So you might feel, feel a bit more uh, nauseous with that. But with the vignette on, everything is fine. The only time you might feel a bit weird is when you're close to walls and there's um, some sudden movement. Like there's one scene which is absolutely brilliant. You jump out window and you're flying over like this alleyway. You look down, you don't feel nauseous too. But when you grab the lamp, uh, the drain pipe and you slide down, you do feel a bit nauseous thing because there's movement right up close to your eyes, as it were. So it's it's the, the, it's, it's a very strange thing because when you've got distance and you're moving around and running around, it's fine. But when you get to... Uh, close up to walls and things like that you, you kind of really notice it and that's what makes you go Whoa, a little bit but other than that it's yeah barely non-existent to be fair nice that's really cool I haven't heard a bad word said about this game yet by anyone <sighs> Brilliant. it's going to be a, it's definitely going to be a game of the year contender it looks like 100% there are there are plenty of good words on our website in a, in a review that was written yes you can go and check out our <laughs> review <laughs> You can go check out our review on fingerguns.net where there's lots of very clever Cockney rhyming slang additions. Oh. And it's there's, there's you know, all completely wrong, clever. but it's fun, though. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what have you been playing, Ross? <laughs> oh, cool. Thanks for asking, Paul. Well, No problem. <laughs> I have been playing a little game which some people refer to as Crash Team Racing Nitro Fueled. Um, it was uh, mysteriously on my PS4 this morning, so I thought I'd give it a little bash. And oh, it's good, guys! Oh, it's really good. Really? Yeah, I have no connection to this game at all. I never played it uh, when it was originally out. All I ever hear about it is that it was the superior kart racer of that era. People tried to say this that it was better than Mario Kart that year. Oh, what? In that generation, which would have been what PS1 would have been N64. So better than Mario Kart 64, people were saying to me. I was like, it can't be true. It just can't be true. And I'm sitting down and I'm playing it, and it is smooth as silk. It looks beautiful. It plays like a dream. It's just a really, really good kart racer. Is it a complete uh, sort of remake? Or is it just like a, here's some fancy HD graphics for the original game sort of thing? Oh, no, it's a, it's a full it's a full-on remaster, uh, remake, oh, wow. reboot. Okay. Um, which looks just as good as the the Crash Bandicoot games did that came out a couple of years ago. If, yeah. if not better, actually, because everything's moving at a much faster pace. No frame rate issues at all. Everything is just very, very smooth, and it's uh, it's great. I, and... I have I have a question for you. I, I have been playing... So I played about an hour after I got back home from work of Crash Team Racing, and I 
don't feel like the drifting is... I feel like it's completely, utterly, vastly different than any other cartoon game I've ever played. So normally you shoulder buttons away, you slide, and then eventually you get a bit of a heat build up and then you shoot off. I can't get it right. Is that, are you feeling this, are you, is this different for you too, or am I just doing something very wrong? Uh, no, the drifting is difficult in this one. Right, okay. For sure, so, because there's, there's a, a mechanic where you use one of the boost buttons to drift and then to build up your turbo. And then you've got to use the other button to take off. Oh. So you've got to kind of activate it. Say you're using L1 to go around a left corner or a right corner. Um, and then you've got to keep an eye on your wheels before they burn out. And once they do that, you've got to press R1 in order to use the boost. Got you. Okay. That's probably what I'm going wrong then. Yeah, I was tearing around corners and nothing was happening. And I was wondering what was going on. And then a um, guide uh, screens popped up in the admittedly long loading time. So I will give it that. But um, yeah, it popped up then, and then I was like, "Oh, okay, that's how you do it." And then once I figured it out, it was it was second nature in the end. But yeah, it, do, it does take a little while to get there. It's not as easy as it is in Mario Kart for sure. Yeah, I do feel like I've been mollycoddled by all of the the karting games we played recently, like yeah. Sonic Team Sonic Racing and like Beach Buggy Racing and all these ones. They're just so easy to to like drift, whereas this one seems like there's the skill involved. Yeah, what's up with that? I, I loaded it up, and the first race I had on it was was on hard. And I came eighth by 10 seconds from the last racer. Oh. And I got my arse handed to me by a freaking polar bear. It's not nice. <laughs> oh, God. This reminds me of Black Mirror. If you know what I'm talking <laughs> about, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Yeesh. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's it's uh, it's really good. It's a pleasant surprise. I wanted to give it a blast, and it turns out it's uh, it's really quite good. So... Give it a blast if you're uh, after a kart racing game that isn't Team Sonic Racing or All-Stars Fruit Racing or Beach Buggy Racing. Or, man, the genre is getting so overstuffed this year, isn't it? Jesus. Next up, I've played... Um, I've got back into the Division 2. Oh, we have. Finally. Uh, yeah. I turned it on the other day. A friend of mine was playing it, so I thought, oh, I'll jump on with it. And, uh, yeah, I ended up going up a couple of levels. It's, uh, it's still Division 2. It's all good. I need to just keep leveling up. I think I've said as much as I possibly can about it in the past, but it's, uh, yeah, it's still great. It still cries out for more than uh, more than one player. It's a really difficult game when it's just you. It's good fun. And this is, once again, my my battle cry to both of you. We need to start playing it. We, All haven't, of actually that. Played, we <laughs> haven't actually played the second one together yet, have we? Have we? Um, no. I don't think we have. Me That's and Ross crazy. played together. Oh, fine. I understand. <laughs> well, I understand in a way of your little love triangle thing. It's fine. Off you go. Love triangle? Yeah, you, Sean, and you again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's the kind of man you are, dude. Double pointed. Uh, Paul, we, we, are, we are in a very uh, polyamorous relationship. If you want to join us, you're more than welcome. Excellent. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the Division 2, again, it's just a weekly ritual now on the podcast. We need to play more Division 2. So, let's get on with it. And Destiny 2. And Destiny 2. You're absolutely right, Paul. You're absolutely right. Uh, yeah, I've also been playing The Sinking City, which is a game which is coming out next week. I can't say a lot about it because this podcast goes out the day before the freaking embargo, which is very frustrating. But what I will say is it's sort of okay 
Okay. And uh, yeah, we'll talk <laughs> about it again next week if you like. See, the um, thing is, I, I get the. Do you know, like Frogwares games in general are like the definition of a seven out of ten. Do you know what I mean? Like all of the previous yes. games have been like this is a very good idea, partially executed well, and you know looks pretty damn nice. But it is a definite seven out of ten. I really love those games, despite them being seven out of ten. So I'm really excited to finally get to play it, which I'm going to do this whenever the game comes out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes, because you definitely don't already have it on your PS4. No, that's def- <laughs> definitely don't. <laughs> no, that's true. I definitely don't have it. So I will wait until release day. Uh, Damn it! <laughs> I want to talk about it. There's so much I want to tell you about it because it's so it's utterly awful, but it's utterly good. It's very. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, let's move on. Okay. What what I have him, him the last thing I've been playing is my fucking friend Pedro. <laughs> because I, I can talk about this because the embargo's up and it's available now on Nintendo Switch and PC and it is justifying my reasons for owning a Switch. Nice. Is it... Is I've got confused by what you guys play because you play a lot of games and I saw a picture of that or a gif that dude going down a zip line shooting stuff. And I said, Is this super hot in 2D? Is that my friend Pedro? Yes. <sighs> okay. Well done. Thank you. Thanks for being here. Now, is that coming out on anything other than Switch? This is what I need to know. Uh, no. Oh, no. Not yet, anyway. Yeah. Um, somehow the Switch has managed to get Ape Out, Katana Zero, and my friend Pedro all to itself this year, which is mad, really, when you think about it. But, yeah, um, Devolver just don't like money, do they? <laughs> apparently not. <laughs> I mean, just imagine how well they would have sold. No, actually, I don't think they would have done because indie games have kind of moved off the PlayStation 4 now, haven't they? Everyone's after the big triple A's nowadays. So maybe they've, maybe they've made the right choice. But still, I want to play these fucking games, man. <laughs> I mean, like I said, I, I tweeted about it yesterday. You know, four of my top games of the year, three of them are Devolver Digital Games, which are only available on Switch. You know, Ape Out, Katana Zero, and My Friend Pedro are just three absolutely brilliant video games. And it's just very strange to me that they haven't thrown them on Xbox and PS4 as well. I'm sure there's a reason, but I don't know what it is. It's just Switch owning uh, owning the indie corner, I guess, now moving forward. Wouldn't have any kind of uh, deal with Nintendo, would they? I can't imagine that, I mean, surely. I honestly don't know, to be honest. I don't know the reason, reason behind it, which is why I'm speculating now. I don't know. Well, but... when, when Devolver did a deal with Sony, Sony stood up on a stage and said, we've got an exclusive deal with Devolver for like two years, which meant that like Hotline Miami and things never got to go across to you know, the, other, the other platforms. You'd have thought Nintendo would have made a big deal about them being exclusive. And to be fair, you know, you look at the other games that have come out this year with like Pikaniku and Observation, because they're both Devolver games. Obviously, Observations came out on PS4 too, so maybe it's just they're, they're picking the battles, you know, whatever platform is best for them. Yeah, yeah, it's just straight. I'm sure they'll appear eventually if there's no exclusivity deal. I can't remember reading about one, so I think they've just chosen to put it on Switch. But yeah. uh, eventually, they they probably will appear on the other consoles. I'd imagine. You know, there seems to be a demand for them. We'll see. I hope it is because I want you guys to play them because I know that you'll love them. Especially Paul, you'll love my friend Pedro. It's uh, it is a it Paul Collett joint. Absolutely, a Paul Collett joint. Yeah, it looks great. I've got to say, it's it absolutely your kind of game. It's a real shame you sold your Switch. Yeah, what a mug, eh? What a, what a mug. 
What a fucking mug. Oh, fuck you, mug. Fuck you, Neil. <laughs> fucking blood and truth, whatever, mate. <laughs> I do like him, you, you two try and do like his cockney accent. He's so polite. It's such fun. <laughs> <laughs> I have a question. Are the, the voices better in Blood and Truth than they are in Watch Dogs Legion? Oh, yes. Uh, probably. No, I'll say they're not great, but then, yeah, it's a tricky one because some, for some reason, when people do the English accent or the uh, Cockney accent, it just sounds so forced. Yeah. I remember the um, that, that, that guy that uh, opened the Watch Dogs Legion gameplay, and I was like, oh, that's not good. <laughs> that's, that's really over-the-top Cockney. And yeah, it got, it, it, it got better as the game progressed, as the gameplay progressed. But yeah, it wasn't a great start. I was wondering if it was any better in Blood and Truth. It, it, yes, I'd, I'd probably say it is. Um, like I say, I mean, if you remember, you, you played the heist, didn't you? Is it the heist? London heist? What was it called? The London heist on PS uh, PlayStation VR Worlds. Yes. yes, yes, it is. So imagine the voices in that, which were okay. But also kind of fake sounding, so it's, it's probably no, probably no better than that. Some some <laughs> are good. The, the, the main bad guy is pretty good. Sweet. All, all of the actors um, speak in their own accents. So and and some of them are are, are not supposed to be super broad Cockney. Um. So like the cast, they're all like actors that are reasonably well known. So they all just speak in their accents. They're not they're not trying to do like the Watch Dogs Legion where it's like. London via America, you know the only way that Americans can understand, like if it's a London accent, proper Cockney, is when they go too far. So, yeah, it's the, the voices are great. Okay, cool. Uh, right then, I guess that wraps up what we've been playing. That was nice and swift, <laughs> as ever, <laughs> as ever. We go, oh yeah, we'll just breeze through that, and we never do do. It's always questions, but that's okay. That's what we're here to do. So let's move on to the finger guns trivia challenge. Sean, you're up. Yeah, but you've got to do the theme tune. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Hang on. Let me do this. It's time for the Finger Guns Trivia Challenge. Oh, yeah. Holy shit. Nice. Very good. You had that prepared. You knew yeah. I was going to ask you. You just no, making me feel really you. shit now. <laughs> uh. you know, what would you have done if I had just sat down and gone, "The welcome to the finger gun trivia challenge," and you sitting there with the guitar? And like, <laughs> I would have put my fist through the laptop screen. <laughs> well, I I appreciate it. That was beautiful, and um, we 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 expect this to keep getting better now. I expect like a <laughs> full orchestral introduction in a few weeks' time. I can confirm uh, Stormzy's doing a feature next week. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's going to be pretty tight. <laughs> nice. So this is a, a new type of quiz, and it is 15 games where I have listed three different characters from those games, and they are supporting and main characters, and the idea of the quiz is I read out the three names, and you tell me which game they are from. Okay. Okay, this should okay. be interesting. We'll see. The, the first five are reasonably easy to ease you in, and then they get more difficult, and then easier again. So end on a high, okay? <laughs> <laughs> How generous. Okay. So question one. The three names are LeChuck, 
Elaine Marley and Guybrush Threepwood. <laughs> what game or game series are they from? Hmm. Those names again. LeChuck, Elaine Marley and Guybrush Threepwood. Cool. Okay, question two. Ripperoo, Crunk, and Dr. Neocortex. Nice, simple ones. Ripperoo, Crunk, and Dr. Neocortex. Okay, question three. John McTavish, Vladimir Makarov, and Alex Mason. Uh, the numbers, Mason. What do they mean? <laughs> yeah. Oh so, man, that's still to this day is still the best campaign of that series, in my opinion. What series? I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, but it is. <laughs> you know it is. I know it is. Yeah. So that was John. Is this, is this the actual game I'm thinking of? Um, I'm after after the series. If you can give me the game, that's even better. But I'm after the series. The from. Oh no, no chance. So John McTavish, Vladimir Makarov, and Alex Mason. Mason. Sorry, John. Okay, question four. Trish, Nero, and Virgil. Can you say that last one again? Yep. Trish, Nero, and Virgil. It's, could this be like a, a way out answer? Like... Nope. Oh. Oh, uh, well, I'm going to put a game down. And, okay. Um, going to guess yeah. that one. Okay. Question five. Miranda Lawson, Caden Elenko, and Garrus Vakarian. Say what? <laughs> okay. Miranda Lawson, Caden Elenko, and Garrus Bakarian. Hmm. Sounds spacey. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Sounds spacey. <laughs> yeah. That's all I have right now. <laughs> okay. Question six. Lilith, Breck, and Nisha. What? <laughs> Lilith, Breck, and Nisha. Nailed it. Absolutely no idea. Okay. Take a guess, Paul. I always do, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Question seven. Bridget Tenenbaum, Augustus Sinclair, and Zachary Hale Comstock. Oh. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, the last one gives it away. I tried to make the last one. I need all of these just like the little nugget of information that you need. Oh, you're so clever. 
Sigourney Gaspel? Uh, as always. Okay. Question eight. Dr. Coyle, Ribbon Girl, <laughs> Springman. Springman? That sounds retro. Does it now? Maybe. R.I.P. to this franchise. Yeah, I don't think I've seen that one. Okay. Question nine. Lord Saladin, Master Rahul, Zavala. Is that a series or game you want for that one? Oh my god, that's a series. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> I'll give you them again because I want to hear the penny drop. Yeah, I've got it. Don't worry. <laughs> I've got it uncovered. Fair enough. Okay. Um, question 10. Molag Ball. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. you got to say nine again. Sorry. Okay, no problem. Can't be question, moving on. Question 9. Lord Saladin, Master Salad. Rahul, and Zavala. Fish. You will butt yourself in the nuts if you do not. <laughs> okay, question 10. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Molag Ball. Oh, no. I'll tell you. Give you a second just to write that down before I start right. hitting you with another one. Okay, question, question 10. Molag Ball, Uriel Septim. Alfred Battleborn. Um, nope. Wow. <laughs> that was a noise and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, the cogs on Paul's brain just kicking in as they were oh. whirring around. It's just like, it doesn't work. It's steam and pistons and everything. Those oh, rusty, Christ. rusty cogs. Oh dear. That sounds really nerdy. I don't know what that is, because I'm not a nerd. Okay, I'm going to read them out again then for everyone who's not a nerd. <laughs> um, question 10 is Molag Bal, Uriel Septim, and Ulfrid Battleborn. Okay, question 11. Septim. <laughs> Uriel Septim. I'm sorry, uh, I think it's Septim. <laughs> right, question 11. Carl Johnson, Roman Bellick, and Tommy... Oh man, Paul, if you don't get this, just just give up, man. Okay, you've on question one, mate. <laughs> <laughs> you see, you always do this. You're always like, oh, I'm just guessing, and then you come out of it like, oh no, eight out of ten, woo woo. Well, I like right. to keep you, I like to keep you like, you know, just guessing. keep some on my toes. Exactly, like, and I also like to try and create some. Wrong, really wrong answers. If I don't know it, I'll get, get it really wrong, right? Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Question line for anyone that didn't get it is Carl Johnson, Roman Balik, and Tommy, Tommy Vassetti. Okay. Question 12. Bad Mr. Frosty, Ichibod Clay, and Blue Suede Goo. Oh, where do you dig them fuckers up from? Yeah. 
you, you wouldn't believe what inspired me to think of that question as well. <laughs> I'll tell you later. I can imagine. Well, I don't want to imagine, but I can. Yeah, I can. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so question 12, 12 is Bad Mr. Frosty, Ichibod Clay, and Blue Suede Goo. Fucking terrible game. <laughs> okay, question 13. Jet the Hawk, Cream the Rabbit, Vector the Crocodile. What? Oh, hold on. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, question 13. Mm. Jet the Hawk, Cream the Rabbit, Vector the Crocodile. Pretty sure if Ross gets this wrong, you might as well give up. Just imagining Alexis just screaming into her speakers right now. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> hey, Alexis, if you're listening. No, no. Hey. Okay. Question 14. Professor Oak, Lieutenant Surge, and Giovanni. Question 14. Professor Oak, Lieutenant Surge, and Giovanni. Okay. Mm, I don't know. Uh, no, sorry, come. Okay, question 15. Dom Santiago, so, or, sorry, Dom Santiago, JD Phoenix, Anthony Carmine. Question 15. Dom Santiago, or Santiago, <laughs> I never get that right. JD Phoenix and Anthony Carmine. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So, that is all 15 questions. Okay, thank you very much indeed, Sean. I think I did it right, though. I think I did better than last week, anyway. Yeah, oh. I, thought, I thought I'd try something a bit different. It might work, it might not. We'll see at the end. Yeah. I've done terrible, obviously. Uh, <laughs> he says this, but he's going to get all... He's, he's got them all right. Don't worry about it. Oh, no, I've got them all wrong, but I'm, I'm quite impressed by the answers I did put down. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, we, we, shall, we shall hear them a little bit later on at the end of the podcast. So, let's jump into some news. And post-E3, it's always a little bit quiet on the old gaming news front because there's been so much to get through the week before. But a few little things have popped out, including our first topic, which is The Last of Us 2 release date may have been leaked possibly maybe but this one looks a little more likely than it has done in the past so i'm going to read this from shacknews.com a website i've never heard of but here we go from mr josh hawkins it's been a while since we've heard anything out of naughty dog to develop a hard at work at last of us too but in a new interview brian w foster on between the sheets ashley johnson started to say i think it's releasing in <gasps> but then it's cut off by the host as he transitions into another question about the game from what it sounds like, it comes off like Johnson is about to say something starting with an F. And the only month that begins with an F is the month of February. This is a line that's actually in the article. If you can believe it. 
Amazing detective work there. <laughs> I know. Bravo, Josh Hawkins. Bravo. Well. Uh, Jason Schreier also then backed this up a little bit, uh, saying, "Looks like Death Stranding is about to get announced for a November release." This was a little bit a little while ago. Dallas vs. Two is also planned for fall 2019, but I actually just heard it got bumped to early 2020, possibly February. Either way, a wild, wild final year for the PS4. So, gentlemen, knowing what we now know about early 2020, which is currently housing the likes of Watch Dogs and Final Fantasy VII and Animal Crossing in the space of about three weeks, how do you feel about an early February release for what could be one of the biggest games of all time and certainly one of the most anticipated? Uh, Sean, what do you think? I think it's a very realistic date. Um, I'd, I'd, I've been hearing, you know, there's a lot of things going around in the internet about this game at the moment, and you can't really trust half of it. This is this is probably the most realistic rumor. It's from a good source. There's lots of stuff on the internet to kind of corroborate the fact that, you know, right now it doesn't look like it's coming out in 2019. Um, we've got games lined up in 2019 already. You've got the Ghost of Tsushima probably getting nudged back a bit further into 2020 to fill that kind of void for the end of the PS4. So that kind of leaves, because normally Sony release a, a, a game early in the, the year. You know, they, they always have a, like a March-April game. But to be honest, March and April this year, Luke, next year, look completely bonkers. And that is something you don't really want to touch. The probability is they pushed it back. And Sony do this. So Sony don't tend to put their games in the last, you know, the autumn-winter period because they end up competing with the third-party publishers. So they end up competing with Call of Duty and, and you know, Microsoft have, have historically always pack, packed out that last quarter to try and sell consoles at Christmas and trying to ride that hype. But Sony have, like, historically for the last four or five years just moved their games out, said, you have this period, we'll take the advertising rights for whatever. So, you know, th this makes sense that they would move it out of this year, get out of the way of Death Stranding, which is, you know, the, the only game that they've released in this period for years. Get it out of the way of Core GT and you know everything else that's coming out. Stick it as the first game to hit, um, kind of the first big release of the year. So it's before all of the rest, which is you know a good sign, because you don't really want to hit around about the same time as Final Fantasy and the whole you know slew of games that have now been pushed into next year. So it's it's a good date, and. If they, if Sony is smart, they'll start advertising it soon to say, you know, they'll give us a release date and then they'll start dropping, you know, trailers around Christmas, around, you know, the things that are coming out, you know, only on PlayStation, you know, and they, people at Christmas, you know, they can buy a game that has a really great game or potentially great game in Death Stranding before Christmas, and you don't have to wait long for um, The Last of Us Part Two. So it's a really smart release date. Uh, if it is true. I'm just going to wait till it comes out of the horse's mouth. And I say that because the lead developer looks like a horse. <laughs> Neil Druckmann. Yeah, man. Let me see. He's got such a great mane. Such an amazing mane. <laughs> hair. Seriously, I just want to go up and just give him an apple and stroke his hair. He's well, like... I haven't met him in person. I'll just throw it in there. Thank you very much. You have, haven't you? You went to that London event for The Last of Us, didn't you? Oh, no, that was really good. I didn't get something because Troy, Troy was there. And he was there, and uh, I can't remember the lady's name. What's her name? Yes, she was there. 
It was great, but uh, we wasn't quite big enough then to sort of wingle into the interview area. Shame. There you go. I've got free beer though, so I can't argue. <laughs> yes, mate. <What's> <laughs> did you uh, did you fall into Troy Baker's eyes like I did? I did. Uh, I wanted to just like surf on his hair, but he wouldn't let me. <laughs> <laughs> it's a shame. Surf on his hair. Yeah. That's like a golden wave of awesomeness. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Paul, are you uh, are you as excited for The Last of Us 2 as you ever have been? And does the early 2020 release date sit all right with you, if it is indeed coming up then? I was thinking about this today. Um, I, I only recently... I, I completed The Last of Us when it first came out, loved it, gave it 10 out of 10, and, and it was just like the best thing I've ever played. And I, I played it, I don't know, end of last year, I think, um, the remastered version on PS4. Uh, completely again, loved it, amazing. Uh, nothing, you know, nothing had changed. I felt exactly the same as I did when I played it on PS3, and I played the uh, the DLC that came with it as well. Um, and and I think I wrote this in my original review on the PS3 uh, that the game itself was just like the perfect story from start to end. And I think in my review, if it wasn't my review, I think I wrote an article later on. And I was just thinking, I, I, I've never really thought it needed a sequel. I always thought that the game finished just right and it was a nice place to to finish that game what been a one-off kind of won the game um so when 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 last of us 2 was announced and read the trailers I, was, I wasn't particularly excited by it because for want of a better way of saying it i've sort of made my peace with the game do you know what i mean i've, I've completed it i loved it i fell in love with the characters they, they they ended the game and they went off and and done their thing and uh, and i was happy with that and i, I never really wanted the sequel so I'm not really that excited for it, although. Hmm. Um, <laughs> of course you're not, Paul. Hold on a minute. No, no I totally no. Like a game. It's a different thing altogether. No, that, that's um, right. just it, just no. taking a mic. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm the same. So when I saw, yes, I wasn't particularly excited by it when I saw trailers, but guaranteed I'll buy it anyway because you know it's the last of us. And the first game was so good, uh, maybe curiosity will get better of me and I'll buy it anyway. As for the release date, um, I think it's probably likely Sony sort of need to start coming out swinging a little bit now because everyone sort of laid their cards on the table, Stadia and Xbox have laid it all down. Sony missed that E3, so they need to come out swinging a little bit. And I think just after Christmas, I think that would probably be perfect for them. If they can start teasing it a lot more from now until then and just get the hype ramped up, then I think launching February and it'll probably be like, you know, like I said, Best game ever, uh, you know. So, yeah, it's probably likely, but I just wish I was a bit more excited for it. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Different. What's your take? Yeah. Last I mean, I find it interesting what Paul said about uh, making your peace with an ending of a game and how some games probably don't need sequels. I think I'm probably in that camp with The Last of Us. I remember thinking The Last of Us ends on... You know, I don't really think that there's closure, but I think that it ends on a really intriguing moment. And there's obviously still that question of, does Ellie ever find out that Joel was lying to her? And that is a question that I need answered. Whether or not it happens in The Last of Us 2 or 3 or whatever. But then the more I thought about it, I thought, well, maybe it's just one of those things that is just left up to the player. You know, it's, was Joel the right thing to do? Was Joel really the villain of the piece the whole time? You know, that was something that I struggled with as the game progressed. I always thought that Joel, I liked him a lot as a character, but I always thought that his intentions were 
a little more sinister than we than we were led to believe. And I think the ending of that game probably proved me right, in my opinion. I always thought that Ellie deserved to know the truth. But I remember dropping my controller when <laughs> when I finished the game for the first time. Just been like, when it ends, it's just like, oh my God, you cannot end it there. And I was just in shock for for ages afterwards. Like, I couldn't stop thinking about it. And um, that was the reason I bought a PS3 was to play The Last of Us. As soon as I finished it, it was gone. (laughs) It's a true story. I I never played anything else on it. I just wanted to play The Last of Us. Yeah, The Last of Us 2. Obviously, I'm excited about The Last of Us 2 because it looks looks unreal. But yeah, I need those questions answered. I want to see what Joel's role is in this because he's not being featured all that much in in the promotional material that they've already released. So I want to know why that is. Um, Ellie is such a fascinating character so it would be interesting to see she seems very unleashed she seems ready for a fucking war it looks like in these in these trailers that we've seen and I want to know why that is I, I have a theory but I won't go into it so you know we'll see I think you're uh, you're spot on when you said it's like like a book you know you you the ending is left up to the imagination of the player or the reader and I think that's what uh, Last of Us 3 done so well the, end, the ending, I'm trying not to spoil it, but I'm sure everyone played it anyway, but the ending was what it was, and you think, holy shit, how does it end? And you can make up your own mind. You know, I, I don't think uh, Joel's a bad guy, but then you think he's a good guy, so uh, uh, you think he's a sort of more sinister. So there's two different opinions of how the ending is, and that's down to our imaginations. And then once those questions get answered in a game from the director who's got his own vision of it, then our kind of perceptions of how that game ended are kind of like shattered a little bit. So... I think that the beauty of that game, it just left it up to the player to decide what they wanted to, the ending to be like. And, and I don't think we really get that in games that much. You always get a very mm. big conclusion to everything, where this was a bit more left, hmm, you know. Yeah. So, and also, I think the uh, the DLC uh, kind of told the story of Ellie a little bit more. You could tell she's on the chain, changing um, a little bit. She's more kind of independent and stuff. I don't know. It, 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 uh, yeah, I just don't think... It needs a sequel, but I'm, um, you know, I'll get involved because it is a sequel and it is a great game. So, I think the one thing the game has going for it, um, if you are a little bit, you know, on the fence about it, is that it's it's a massive leap into the future. I can't remember what they said, but Ellie's much older in this one. Yes, and so there's a whole different story to be told there. Sure. You know, once you know, once they they've found this compound where humans are living in peace in you know in some way. And they managed to live a relatively normal-esque life. And then something goes horribly, horribly wrong, which gets Ellie back out in the field. And so I'd love to know what that is. You know, I think the bonus of... Sorry, go on. No, go on. I'm saying it all sounds very much like The Walking Dead. (laughs) Almost almost exactly like The Walking Dead. I I suppose there's only so much you can do with post-apocalyptic worlds, isn't there? Yeah, true. But, you know... Ellie is a more interesting character than any character in The Walking Dead, in my opinion. I didn't get into that show at all. I thought it was really, really poor. Yeah. Oh, wow. I just, How far did, was... you get? did you get into any particular season and stuff? Or... Um, I, got about, I got about 30 minutes into the first episode. No, no. Um... I mean, I got like... <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I finished the first season and I just had no interest in what happened next. Uh, anyway, yeah. Back to topic. It was. I don't know. What's your What's your take on the ending of The Last of Us and whether or not we 
I don't know if we need a sequel, but it's very nice that we have one. Do you agree with that? Um, I've not finished it. <gasps> what? <laughs> so we've just been giving away everything and you've not finished it. <laughs> no, no, I, I think it's, I've watched it, right? The problem is I got about two thirds of the way through the game and my PS3 hard drive bit the dust. And I didn't have cloud saves at the time. My PS Plus had run out. And I really couldn't force myself to go because I was doing a, um, a hard run because I was trying to go for the platinum trophy. And I just couldn't force myself to go back through the two thirds that I'd already played. So I watched the ending on, on YouTube and some of it made sense, some of it didn't. I, I, I'm going to. I know. And the thing is, I bought the, re, you know, the remaster. Um, yes. I, you know, obviously bought that, sat down to play it, and I got about three hours in, and I was just like, "This, I've played this all before, and it just felt... It's a really hard game to go back through again. It's one of those things that I kind of really wish that, you know, I'd remembered to top up my PlayStation Plus so I didn't end up in this situation where I've missed, like, the end quarter of a really decent game by the sounds of it. But, you know... What what I intended to do is is to basically play it before, um, probably you know you, you know your Christmas game. Do you know when you get a game and you just play it over Christmas, mm-hmm. and the, you know the time off. I'm probably going to do that this year with with The Last of Us, um, remastered because that's that's you know I really need to play it. And do you know what? Even though you guys have spoken about it, it still didn't spoil anything for me. You've done a really good job of being so vague. So thanks. That last level. That last level. Well, you just got to escape. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh. I can't hear oh. nothing. I can't believe it was all a dream, Ross. Do you know what I mean? Oh, <laughs> oh man. It's like Dallas woke up in the shower. Yes. <laughs> yeah. oh, oh, God. It was so weird when Zach Braftus was like, I just had the weirdest dream. Oh, no, right? Oh, man, it was so strange. But no, I wasn't even being like a dick. Like, that last level is absolutely incredible. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty like it's... a roller coaster. It's it, it it's very sad that you haven't experienced it. I will get there eventually. Oh, the the ending. You know what the ending is. Yeah. Do you have questions? Do you want to see them answered in the sequel? Um, do you know the plot really isn't for me. What's most appealing about the Last of Us Part Two is the fact that Sony have given Naughty Dog a shit ton of time to develop something else and make it look and feel technically sublime so everything we've seen of the last of us part two the plot for me you know until i finish it i don't know whether i want a sequel or not you know there's there's a chunk of game which i need to finish and i will get around to it and when i do when we do this podcast i will give you this answer to this question but for me what's most impressive about the last of us part two the reason why i want to play it even though i haven't played this the, pre- the previous game is the fact that everything we've seen is so fucking technically beyond anything we are playing right now it is absurd. Like that original gameplay video, like, you know, Ellie's running through the streets. She jumps over something. She stumbles and she puts her hand on a car to help herself up. Now I've seen that video twice. The hand goes somewhere different. That isn't a, um, a script scripted action. That is contextual arm movements within a game and i'm sure we see that already you know you, you walk along a wall in assassin's creed you put your arm out to, to shimmy down the wall etc but nothing like that nothing at all no, nowhere near is have we got animation that good i can't wait to see what sony have, have just said to naughty dog go 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 nuts 
and it looks like they've gone nuts and really can't wait to, to see where they go with it. Is there an argument to say that they should have saved it perhaps for the PS5? I mean, there always there is an argument to that, I think. The way the game looks and the way the game appears to play, it doesn't look like it's playing on a PS4, but apparently it is. So, you know, that's very exciting to see that they're still getting this much out of the same system. Yeah. Um, absolutely likely that we're going to see a cross-gen. I think there will be a PS5 version, for sure. I don't think Sony are going to let Naughty Dog get away with that. I think they went, yeah, okay, you can have all the time in the world to make Last of Us 2, but you're making two versions. I'm pretty sure that's probably how that conversation went. I think well, I think it's the same with the last game, wasn't it? It came out at the end of the PS3's life cycle, and the first thing it came out on PS4 was the remastered version, wasn't it? So. Yeah, I mean, it was a little bit down the line, but yeah, yeah. it was there. Yeah. Sorry, give or take. So the, the difference between the PS3 and PS4 and the PS4 and the PS5 is the fact that there is backwards compatibility. And for Sony, for Sony right now, they what they are fighting for with all of these like wild, you know, everyone's saying, oh, it's the end of the PS4. No, this is already the beginning of the PS5 because people are going to be buying a PlayStation 5 knowing that they are safe in the knowledge that they already have. The Last of Us Part Two to play. They already have the Ghost of Tsushima. They already have Death Stranding. All of this stuff is the strong end to a generation that you want to carry forward into the next one. And this is like Sony basically padding out their library right at the end of a generation to say, "Sure, go and buy an Xbox One, but you won't be able to play any of these. You won't be able, you know, go buy an Xbox Scarlet, but guess what? All this is exclusive. You know, there won't be a PS5 version because the PS4 version looks so freaking good, and it'll play on a PS5." Like a win-win. Good point. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, they they revealed the game in twenty, what twenty seventeen at the PlayStation Experience. I want to say. Uh, yeah. And it would have been a cop out if they said, "Oh, by the way, this isn't coming on your console." Uh-huh. So it's quite nice that <laughs> there is actually going to be a PS4 uh, release. They have previous, you know, the Last Guardian. <laughs> well, yes. Uh, yeah. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully it'll be better than the Last Guardian. Naughty Dog have. Uh, well, they've got previous, haven't they? They're not bad. They're pretty good at what they do, I guess. Okay, let's move on then. We're going to move on. We're going to talk about Harry Potter, which is very exciting. Yesterday saw the uh, the soft release of Harry Potter Wizards Unite from Niantic, which is, as I've been trying to explain to everyone for the last two days, essentially Pokemon Go, but Harry Potter. And you run around being a wizard, capturing monsters and capturing your friends and saving them from evil beings that are hidden around your entire town. I've been having a bit of a blast with it the last uh, day or so, and I'm having a really, really good time with it. It's really, really fun. There's something about it which makes it a little bit more fun than Pokemon Go, even though it is nigh on the exact same game, just for the Harry Potter overcoat. Um, Sean, I know you've been playing it too. Uh, you've been playing it in German, which is quite interesting. Yeah. Uh, do you want to uh, <laughs> tell me all about Harry Potter Wizards Unite in German? Um, yes, Harry Potter Wizards Unite, said in a German accent. As, what um, the Oh, I, German. I was turning into like a German villain. Um, no. Okay, fair enough. Oh, <laughs> it, it's um, yeah, it's it. Like you say, it is it is basically Pokemon Go, but it's basically Pokemon Go as it is now. So it's not. So when I when I downloaded it, I expected it to be as bare bones as as Pokemon Go was when it first kicked off. But it it has benefited from all of the stuff that Niantic have learned. From Pokemon Go, so there are like daily quests, and you've got like, you know, the the professor's thing for Pokemon Go is transferred over as special requests for the Harry Potter game. And one of the one of the good things is that there's like a skill tree that you 
can upgrade your abilities in, which is beyond what Pokemon Go has. So you can pick a profession, which means you can be, you know, uh, better against particular confundals, I guess, confoundals, whatever the hell they want to call themselves. Confoundables. Confoundables. There we go. Yes. Yeah, I've I've played it entirely without the sound because German. And, um, like, I've been trying to read it myself. So, um, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, so... You can you you can upgrade your particular uh, profession to make sure that you do damage on particular things more, but it makes you weaker against others. So it, it's like um, Pokemon Go, but it's a bit of a step up. And also your um, your raid missions, so they're fortresses, um, which you know they they've had in Pokemon Go. You can now have like healing roles. So I picked myself as a Magizoologist, I think it was called. And they have a healing role within raids, so they aren't the damage doers. You want you want one of your auras or whatever to be in in the raid with you, but you can heal the aura while you're playing. So it means that you have to work in tandem, and it's going to really encourage that cooperative play. Which you know, Pokemon Go for as good as it was, getting people to play together in a raid was fucking awful because you know it was it, it didn't really push for that. It didn't push cooperation. It didn't push people to think about what they were doing. It was just like, this one's got the biggest number, so I'm going to put it into battle. But, you know, this this looks like it's trying something a bit different, and um, I've been enjoying it so far. It is very funny. It is hella funny. Yeah, yeah you've got the... Uh, today I've I've saved Ron Weasley from a giant spider. Um, oh, yeah, I did that. <laughs> that, that. I was walking down my, my street, and I saw a thing pop up. I was like, all right, I'll give that a blast. I was right outside my local Greg's, actually. Funnily enough, nice. and um, yeah, a giant spider appeared on my screen, and you know what I'm like. <laughs> Wasn't yeah, but... fond of that. I just, went, I, I just went out loud, "Oh!" and people looked, but <laughs> I had to get it done. Poor Ron Weasley. I, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I almost took a screenshot of it and sent it to you on Twitter. Oh, um, you're a prick. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's a bugger, so don't worry about it. It's not actually a spider. It's just your fear of the spider being represented through the, the water. Uh, I, know. I know. I know. I know. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's very funny. You know, there's Snape in a scrape in, in the bottle. He's Snape mm-hmm. stuck in a glass bottle for whatever reason. And, you know, there's a, a guy throwing a niffler around with coins coming out. It's, it's just a lot of fun. If you like Harry mm-hmm. Potter, it's just a lot of fun. I hope there's longevity in it. That's my take. Well, loads of people seem to be playing it. I've been adding loads of people today. Nice. A lot of people are, um, are curious about it. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's only going to get better. I think there's yeah, the old like teething problem. I think loading times are a bit of an issue, um, at least where I am in the world. If I'm on Wi-Fi, it's fine, but it takes a little while for the uh, some of the battles to kick in at times. Yeah. But it's not a, it's not a massive deal. I can get over it. It just means... I've got to be stood in a in a very particular place to wait for it to load because I can't move on until it's loading up. Oh, that's okay. I can walk on and then it'll be no. You have to go back to where you were standing. Oh, okay. And so that's that. So that's uh, so that's fun. Yeah, I um I saved uh, Moaning Mersel today. Oh no, I haven't done that one yet. And um, yeah, it said <laughs> it came up on the screen. Moaning Myrtle has been sent back to her bathroom. I said, nice. well, that. That's a weird thing to say, isn't it? Out of context. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very strange thing. But uh, yeah, uh, people are enjoying it. And um, every Harry Potter nerd that I know has got it downloaded. So there are many of them in the world. There so I'm, sh- I'm sure it'll be fine. Let um, me ask you a question. Go you, on. 
are you in a, are you in a rural rural area? As in, you don't have many landmarks around you inside the game. Um, I'm not too bad actually. It's not too bad. It's everything's a little bit of a walk. Like my local post office is a um, is a raid. The hotel is an inn, so I can get some uh, food from there. Uh, so yeah, it's too, it's not too bad. I don't see many things uh, pop up on my street. I have to sort of walk into the town. Yeah, it's not too bad. I mean, I, I do live in a very rural area. I live in the hills, so yeah, there's um, there's not much going on. But it's not it's not too bad. I've just got to keep walking, I guess. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm I find that it difficult. I like behind my house is a load of factories, um, and the the mighty Britannia Stadium from Stoke, and in front of me is a ugly estate that you know a council estate that that no one has ever taken a photo of and uploaded to the internet for Niantic to ever bother tagging with. So <laughs> I I the, the I can I can walk for about twenty minutes and in any direction and not find anything. Mm. And this is exactly the yeah, it, it was the same with Pokemon Go. So I guess, you know, people in rural areas are still gonna struggle with this. But they always are, I guess. I guess this isn't designed for everybody. But it's just a shame that those people, you know, who live out in the sticks and don't have much location data still won't be able to get the most out of it. And I think we've killed Paul. Oh, I'm silly, yeah. It could be boredom, but, you know. <laughs> Harry, Sorry. Harry Potter is just me. Grumpy old man. You just <laughs> grew up with it, though, did you? You know, everyone that grew up with it kind of loves it. You know, you love Star Wars, and, and you know, everyone got Transformers. Transformers. Yeah, see? Yeah. See, that's, that's worth getting excited about. <laughs> oh, really? Obviously. Yeah. The first ever Transformers thing that I ever, ever indulged myself in, ever, was that first movie. Well, that's just a shame, isn't it? You, you got let yeah, down. Well, that's the Transformers t- cartoon wasn't on when I was a kid. Well, it's on DVD. It's on video. It's on stream download. Right, yeah, Hell, I'm gonna go rush out, rush out and buy Transformers cartoon DVDs. Man, you will not regret it. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I think you will. You end up as some kind of registry. <laughs> <laughs> probably will. I probably will. Okay, one more, very, very quickly, one more Harry Potter thing. A while back, there was a leak of a Harry Potter RPG, a fully-fledged, fully 3D, epic, amazing-looking Harry Potter RPG. And no one knew where it came from, and we haven't heard anything about it. Don't know anything about it. What's happened to it, Sean? The knowledge, tell me. So this was apparently what um, Rocksteady were working on with Warner Brothers. God, if only. I know. So this this is the one that originally came out. The rumor came out, and if you if you haven't seen the footage, I highly recommend digging it out on YouTube because it is sublime. Um, the reason why everyone thought it was Rocksteady was because um, there was a lot of so when the footage went up on YouTube, there was a lot of copyright strikes uh, and requests for videos to be taken down by Warner Brothers via Rocksteady. Nobody's entirely sure if that game was actually a full production. And you know, Rocksteady has said they are not working on a um, Superman game. We don't entirely know what they are working on. Everyone kind of presumes it is Batman, and there's been rumors flying around that it's Batman, but it could be that Rocksteady are actually working on a giant Harry Potter game um, or you know, the Wizarding World game. So it didn't look 100% Harry Potter ish. There wasn't like it wasn't a hundred percent Harry Potter. It kind of looked like it expanded on that law. Yeah. But that that the, that's where everyone presumes that it comes from. Um, but nobody actually knows for sure if it was even genuine. Um, like it was in production stuff or it was a pitch. 
because you know some of these pitchbacks now are brilliant. So I sure as shit hope that it is, oh, to be honest. Man, if only you... I really, really want to play that game. It looks amazing. Okay, right. You can have another Batman game developed by Rocksteady or a <laughs> Harry Potter game developed by Rocksteady. Now I know what I know what Paul's answer is going to be. Roscoe, Devil's Advocate. Which one do you go with? Harry Potter. <sighs> Controversial. Fair enough. It's not. We 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 have three Batman games from Rocksteady. Yeah. Um, two of them were great. Yeah. So I honestly, I just want them to announce this. I want to see the look on Paul's face when Rocksteady release a Harry Potter game. Well, to be fair. Um, when I was living with my ex-girlfriend she played Lego Harry Potter religiously fuck yes yeah right and and obviously it's a two player thing so we sat down and played it together and I actually quite enjoyed it I had no idea what was going on but it was quite a good kind of game and uh, and if Rockstar were to bring out a 3D Harry Potter game I don't think I'd hate it I think think it's just I think it's just all the kind of tripe between the books, the movies, and uh, a rock city game that can, you know, put me off. I uh, thought the yeah. films were quite good. I didn't mind the films, to be fair. Yeah, but, you know. But, just, but Batman Arkham Knight was a bit, bit shit, so I'm not that bothered. <laughs> it's just the licenses that Rock City have at their disposal. You know, Warner Brothers can throw them anything they want, really, considering the success of the Batman trilogy. And if they go, you know what? We wanted to make a fully fledged, no holds barred Harry Potter AAA RPG. The world would go completely mad, and Paul might play it. <laughs> yeah, that's all. That's all one can ever ask. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big ask. Well. I mean, we've heard nothing about what Rocksteady are working on. You know, they once again just before E3, they were like, "Oh no, sorry guys, we're not going to be there." Uh, which is like, what? The, what the hell are you doing, Rocksteady? And it's getting to the point now that I'm assuming they're working on a launch title for the next consoles. No, there's no way. No way. There's no way they're working on something that's out this gen at this point, surely. Do you know what, though? You know, because of the backwards compatibility, the PS4 and the Xbox One are going to run for a lot longer than than the, the consoles would usually die off. Because, obviously, this last couple of generations, we've had a, a, a period where games release on both platforms. Now they don't have to. Now they just have to run on one. You know, they they can be upgraded to 8K and run at 60 frames on the PS5 and, and the Xbox Scarlet. That's brilliant. But you only really need to develop, you know, a, hand, a handful of versions rather than. So, you know, maybe they do. And to be fair, if they made it like a next gen exclusive, you really wouldn't get the sales, do you? Because they did. They don't sell like games at the beginning of a generation. They are designed to sell games, to sell consoles rather than games. And they'd just be like, it's too big a franchise for them to gamble on only selling like 2 million copies to an install base of 4 million consoles rather than, you know, the 180 million consoles out there combined, though. It's it's got to be this gen. That's a good point. It's got to be this gen. I just, if they... If they are working on it, don't you want it in like the shininess, like the shiniest possible version of a big ass Potter video game? Yeah, I, mean, I would. And, and do you know what? I, I imagine the um, the next gen versions. You remember how like we had the 
the PS4 version of Assassin's Creed Black Flag. And at launch, that game looked pretty good. It looked a lot better than the PS3 version. But then mm. they released a patch, which made it even fucking better. I imagine that's the things we'll start to see in, in this transition. And I really want, if they are going to release a Harry Potter game, I really hope they do you know, decide to make use of the extra oomph within the next generation of consoles to, to really make it everything it can be. Mm. Oh, what an exciting time. It's, it's such a, a, a freaking iconic... We, we were talking about this when, when that, that leak happened. How the hell have we not had a decent Harry Potter game yet? Like, we've had the movie tying games, you know. Mm-hmm. Fair enough, you know, they, they, they do what they're supposed to do. How have we not had a, a really good use of this IP until, you know, potentially soon? Bonkers. It's right it for it. They've got, they've got a fucking theme park. Why the fuck have we not got a game? <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> yeah. And why the hell is a theme park in America? Yeah. Guys. That sucks as well. Yeah. Uh, talking of next gen, let's move on then uh, to... Uh, we'll go very quickly because, as ever, we're running longer than we normally do. Uh, so... <laughs> I know. Shocking, right? So, uh, Paul, I'm going to ask you very, very quickly. PS5... What are your hopes and dreams and ambitions, and what do you think they can do better? Okay, we'll not release Anthem. <laughs> Bring out Warhawk 2. Um, have controllers that stay fucking charged for more than 20 minutes. Mega, like, hard drive space for, like, all the bazillion terabytes of games you're going to have. And a quiet fan. I'll be quite happy then. All right. Wow. That is the shortest, like, don't release Anthem. Make Warhawk 2 quiet, man. <laughs> Day one, mate. I'm there. 100%. <laughs> All you need is uh, EA, 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 E3 2020 to go. Don't worry, guys. Anthem's not coming out on the next-gen consoles. That's it. And Paul, like, at the moment, you know Day one, mate. Day one. Well, it's the, I have to put in a little moment about Anthem at each podcast, and the, well, I was running out of ideas, yeah. and that, that was it. So I had to squeeze <laughs> it in there. For, Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, uh, Sean, do you have a list of... Uh, of uh, hopes and dreams and ambitions of things that they can improve upon from the PS4 generation. Yeah, so like I, I really hope that. So obviously the Xbox Scarlet they've already announced will take previous peripherals. So Xbox One controllers will work with Xbox Scarlet, and I kind of hope that that's the same for the PlayStation Five. Uh, I really hope that we are able to use the DualShock Four controllers, and they've already announced that obviously the backwards compatibility with the PlayStation VR. Which means, you know, the new controls are obviously going to have to have a light on them. But um, I just really hope that they allow us to take that forward. I, I'm cool if they want to release a new cons- a new controller, like a, an updated version of the controller. Just allow us to use the ones we've already got because I have a fucking shit ton because I've got a shit ton of kids. So, like, I, <laughs> I don't I don't really want to have to go out and buy five PlayStation Five controllers if that's all right with you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd I'd really like them to. It's fine with me. Yeah, of course. Yeah, um, <laughs> I I really hope they kind of dig into um, PlayStation like trophies and with Xbox achievements to do something a bit more with them because I don't think they're going away. But they it's a brilliant lock-in mechanism. You know, there there are people out there that have a hundred thousand Gs that won't won't go away from Xbox, despite the fact that they don't even like the, the the platform anymore, they play all of their games there because they want to earn the Gs. 
and I'd, I'd really like to see Sony and PlayStation start to like recognize and give better tools to these people because you know outside of the actual earning them on the system so much stuff is done on on websites now you know you've got your, your playstation profiles.net and whatever and it'd be great to see all of that kind of stuff within the console themselves so like having like leaderboards for friends and having groups to like you know set up platinum trophy races and stuff like that i think that'd be cool to have in, in a console especially for that community because they deserve it they've, they've sat through and played games six times on six different difficulties that you know no sane person would ever do but you've got to get that little bronze trophy on you so you know yeah. <laughs> um i i also hope that um the services carry across so i hope that you know both xbox and sony are looking at their services because i know that games is kind of you know when when Microsoft announced Xbox Scarlet and they stood there and they, they learned from the Xbox One reveal to say, we built a games console, it's all about games. Which is great because that's the exact same the Switch thing the Switch is. But the things that the Switch is missing now are apps that people like on their consoles. So like Netflix, um, Spotify, you know, these, these things that I hope on day one are available on the next-gen consoles. And I hope that the subscription services are already going to be there. So like PlayStation Plus isn't going to be shit the first two months of, you know, if they're going to start giving new games to the PlayStation 5, it would be great if we didn't get complete garbage the first, you know, couple of months like we always seem to do. Um, can you remember the, um, the memory cards from like the Dreamcast and the PlayStation 2 and the PlayStation 1? Yes. How you used to have icons that move and pictures and stuff. Yes. And can you remember how the PlayStation 3, if you, when you had your games in a list on the cross memory bar, if you went over the top of it, the kind of, after about a second, the screen would change and become themed towards that game. Yes. I really liked the personality of these things. It gave consoles a real, real nice kind of personality. And I think that's something that, you know, they don't need to be so clinical in their, their menus. And to be fair, Microsoft just need to fix their fucking menus because it's still a freaking nightmare. I'd love to be able to go into uh, to manage my save games and to have like little animated icons for each save because that'd be fun. You know, it it'd make clearing out my hard drive so much more pleasing. <laughs> I think I, I I don't quite know why consoles struggle so much with user interface. I mean, the PS3 was. was was terrible, but I know what you mean by the the, the thing you talking about. That was quite good, but the PS4 is much better. It's so slow and sluggish. I don't really know why. So I'd like them to fix that. a nice, easy user interface that's a pleasure to use and is a lot faster to load because it it does not slug, doesn't it? It's just yeah, it can do. Yeah, it's terrible to be fair because we try to look at um, some video apps. It has to load all the apps up, and then you, it's just ah. Uh, it's it's not very intuitive, so I'd like them to to sort of really sit down and think about the UI and uh, amaze me with their. I want, I want to see the PS2 wind background noise come back. I really enjoyed that. <laughs> Go on then, Roscoe. What's your? What have you got? Any hopes and dreams for the the next gen consoles? I don't think so. No, I think you guys have covered it. Really, I would like a a kind of a smoother UI. I think the PS4 uh, UI is fantastic as it is. It just needs. It needs a, a boost. It needs to go faster. It needs to be smoother. I love that I can find everything on the homepage. 
that's terrific. So I don't think it really needs a massive overhaul. It just needs to be, it just needs to run a little better, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I think that's yeah. it really. Um, I could do without, I could probably do without the touchpad. Um, yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure Sony will come up with something more radical uh, for the next gen, but yeah, like you said, the light will be there obviously because I need that for, for the VR. That's fine. I'd have, the light is nobody. You don't even see it, do you? So it's not really that big of an issue. Um, I don't know, really. I haven't really got any massive ambitions for it. I just hope it's, I just hope it's good, and I hope it's going to be a genuine step up. You know, I just want to play, I want to play my Harry Potter RPG in 8K. But um, that's the weird thing. Yeah, I, I don't really have any hopes and dreams and aspirations for it. I just, I just want it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in in other next gen news, there's there's been quite a few um, actual big developers talking about talking about them recently, and so there's been like the guy who's been working on the Accuser game saying that the next gen, so, sorry, Judgment, and in an interview he said that the next gen is uh, a radical, a radical change, uh, and at the same instance, um, a guy from I think it was Bandai Namco said, actually, the next gen isn't that exciting. It's not a, like a, a not a, a vast change. And then you've got Ed Boon, the creator of, of um, Mortal Kombat. He's tweeting out to say, like, he must have got so tits up, up with this now because he's read so many articles about it. But he was saying um, Xbox Scarlet is, is more powerful than PS5. PS5 is more powerful than Xbox Scarlet. How can anybody be making these claims when we haven't even seen either of the consoles? And he's fucking spot on. Yeah. Sorry. No, <laughs> I just read. I just. I just read a tweet. That's okay. <laughs> no, no. Me. <laughs> Breaking news is absolutely right. Yeah. It is. Yeah. I mean, we're still so. It's still so far off. You know, we're just. We are. It is pie in the sky stuff that we're talking about. I don't know if it's... it counts as a, as a wish list thing for the PS5, but I really want them to redesign the PSVR so there's no cables that get in the way of you playing the PSVR. I think that's going to be an absolute guarantee. It has to be a must because I was playing Blood and Truth last night and I, my, I pulled the headset off my head because I was waving my arms around as you do with your motion controllers and then it got caught on the wire that dangles all the way to the TV. The VR box pulled out, the TV box nearly fell on the floor, headset comes jerked off. <laughs> and I was like, this is fucking ridiculous. Frank what Spencer, an absolute VR terrible design. Yeah, I mean, that's just, I think that's just, that's just generational at the time. I think if you look at something like Oculus Quest, which looks awesome, and oh. if I had if I had the money, I'd get one tomorrow. Yes. But um, I think that's going to be the new standard. I think PSVR 2, whatever it may be, um, will be wireless. It has to be at this point because yeah. everyone's biggest complaint about it is the wire situation. Yeah. They, they've patented some um, wireless tech. But Sony have done quite a few VR patterns in the last year. They've got a, a new controller set up, which kind of looks like the um, Oculus Touch controllers, um, but they have lights on them. So it, it looks, you know, they are definitely doing a different version of the PSVR, and it doesn't look like it's going to have wires. So that's exciting. You know, Sweet. Funny, you know, the funny thing is, I think uh, Nintendo Labo sort of had it spot on. They had the Switch with a nice big screen that was the main powerful console, which you could just slot into this cardboard headset. And it's basically all you need, isn't it? I mean, the headset is just two lenses. Um, if the console has all the kind of gyroscopes and bits and pieces and magic, that'd be... Because the, the Oculus Quest is essentially just an Android phone, specifically just to put in to a headset. There's nothing, yes. nothing too special about it. So 
PS5, make it small enough to slot into a pair of glasses, I'm done on it. Happy days. <laughs> <laughs> See, I love how he's gone from I hate the wire to I want minority report. I want a minority <laughs> to report exactly VR. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Why can't I have that? <laughs> so you want the PS5 to be the same size as the Switch? Yes. And I want to be able to take it on the train with some controllers and have fun and, and play VR on it. Great. I think, to be fair, the Switch, I mean, I sold it because I don't play it, but um, in terms of like a, a concept, it's spot on having like a thing you can slot into a, a dock to play on your TV, take it out and go and handheld. Great idea. Yeah, I played, um, I played my friend Pedro today for the first time docked i've played it handheld all week and i played it docked today and it's just great what a cool system it's so good i need to uh only a good time so yeah ps5 the size of a switch but 8k cool. so <laughs> <laughs> would it be like unfeasible to have like two sections of a console for example like one you can put in the tv net boost it to 8k whatever and then take it out and put it into glasses whatever and then it's just you know one's vr well, i mean Two, two parts. The switch goes from 720 to 1080 if you dock it. So I guess I guess it's not impossible. Maybe through the cloud they can stream it down to the uh, PSVR2. Maybe, yeah. That way it doesn't have to, it can be as powerful as it wants to be, I suppose. Ooh, there you go. There's yeah. an idea. Let's patent it quick. Okay, we need to get the money, fund it quickly. Orgrothshundertron <laughs> one, they would call it the great. <laughs> it's not very catchy. We'll work on the title. It's I don't want anything to do with this enterprise. Don't take my name off that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a failure. Dead on arrival, I can guarantee it. I'm, oh. oh, God, it's the chill sandwich of VR headsets. <laughs> oh, man. Good right, time. let's crack on <laughs> with the answers for this week's quiz, Mr. Sean Davies. Let's do this thing. Do you, do you want to do the guitar strumming again? Do you okay. want to show off? Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, go on then. Here come the answers for the finger guns trivia challenge. <laughs> I'm quite stuck because not much rhymes with challenge. Brilliant. What's going next week? I'll bring my guitar. We'll do a little duet. How about that? Oh, man, I'm so down. Let's go. Uh, I'll play the triangle. Yes! <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> okay, um, let's do this. So question one was LeChuck, Elaine Marley, and Guybrush Threepwood. Paul, what do you have for that, buddy? Monkey Island. Ross, you got the same? Yes. Congratulations, you are both correct. Yeah! Okay. Yeah. okay. Question two was Ripperoo. Crunk and Dr. Neo Cortex. Um, go on, one of you tell me because it's really easy. Uber. <laughs> that is a really, you know, spot on impression of getting a mask. Well done. It's actually, um, it, it, it's actually a good answer, isn't it? Please <laughs> <laughs> um, tell me you so, talk about Crash Bandicoot still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't um, just write Uber Gabar, don't worry. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, just in case we've confused you, that was Crash Bandicoot, okay? Um, oh. Question three, um, John, John McTavish, Vladimir Makarov, and Alex Mason. Paul, what did you have for this one? Uh, is it Call of Duty? It is Call of Duty. Oh. 
Norris. No, was that McTavish? Tavish, whatever his name was. John Soup McTavish. Yeah. That's it. Um, yeah. And only um, because we talked about it last week, I think. <laughs> or the week before, I can't remember. We talk about this every week. I think we've mentioned oh, okay. Soup McTavish on almost every podcast. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, question for Trish, Nero and Virgil. Roscoe, what did you put down for this one? I had to guess this one, I'm afraid. Go on. Is it Devil May Cry? That is correct. Yeah! Or yes. what did you put? You I put seen? Devil May Cry 2. Not uh, the game 2, but just, you know, the series. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, question five, getting a bit tougher. Um, Miranda Lawson, Caden Alenko, and Garris Vakarian. Um, Paul, what did you put to this, buddy? <laughs> Is it actually cool spot? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! That is the best um, answer we've had in this any podcast we've done so far. <laughs> so close to me, so close. Oh um, damn it! I knew it was Roscoe, fun. what did you put? I went with. Uh, I'm not sure about this, but I'm going to throw it out there anyway. Is it Mass Effect? It is Mass Effect. Oh, hell yes, son. <laughs> well done. Thank you. Um, I have an erection. <laughs> I'd nice. to see it from here. Oh, yeah, well, you can. <laughs> okay. Question six um, was Lilith, Brick, and Nisha. Um, Paul, what did you put for this one? <laughs> is it actually James Pond? <laughs> <laughs> You really gave up on this one, didn't you? <laughs> um, um, only that was two, I think. Okay, uh, Roscoe, what did you put? Oh, you're really going for the uh, the early Mega Drive era games. Oh, no. Yeah, I'm going retro though. I love it. Um, Borderlands. That's it. Borderlands yeah. is correct. Okay, question seven was Bridget Tenenbaum, Augusta Sinclair, and Zachary Hale Comstock. Paul, I know you've got this one right. Come on, Bioshock Infinite, surely. That is correct. Roscoe, did you also put Bioshock? That's it. I put Bioshock. Well done. Thank you. Okay, uh, question eight. Um, Dr. Coyle, Ribbon Girl, and Springman. Paul, what did you put for this? Was it Arms? He's got it right, everybody. (laughs) Roscoe, you also got Arms? I have Arms, yeah. (laughs) Do you also have Arms as the answer? I also have Arms. Yeah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, how are they not in Smash yet? Yeah, it doesn't make ne- any sense. They need to sell another like ten copies to make it a total of twenty copies sold for them to be able to put them <laughs> in Smash. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. Uh, question nine was Lord Saladin, Master Rahul, and Zavala. That was obviously Destiny. Yes. Question ten: Molag Baal, Uriel Septim, and Ulfred Battleborn. Paul, what have you got for this? <laughs> Is it actually Double Dragon? Oh, you're so fucking close as well. <laughs> Am I? You, you, like, Are you just uh, like taking a piss now or what? No, no. Like, one of those words would have like... Okay. Roscoe, what have you got? Is it Warcraft? It isn't Warcraft. Uh... It is The Elder Scrolls. Oh, so how is that even slightly close? <laughs> because you put dragon, and dragons, there's obviously dragons. I guess. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, well, I appreciate your uh, positive thinking there. Well, when you when you, when you like, it just you know, there was a tedious link. Okay, question eleven. 
Um, Carl Johnson, Roman Bellick, and Tommy Vassetti as obviously Grand Theft Auto. Um, question 12 Bad Mr. Frosty, Ichibod Clay, and Blue Suede Goo. Paul? Uh, Clay Fires. Roscoe? Clay Fighter. Well, yeah, I'll take, I'll take both. Unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> it's a singular okay. title. It is clay fighter, but I'm, you know, I'm not going to argue over an S. Okay, question thirteen: oh, Jet the Hawk, <laughs> Cream the Rabbit, and Vector the Crocodile. Roscoe. It's lesser known characters in Sonic the Hedgehog. It is, yes. Yeah. Um, the ones that they used to fill up the uh, spots on their first car racing game. Yeah, and continue to do so. Like apart yeah. from Cream the Rabbit, who's just like been abandoned. Yeah, yeah. fucker. Okay, question 14 was Professor Oak, Lieutenant Serge and Giovanni. Uh, Roscoe, what have you got for this? You see, now you've said the words, I think I know what it is, but I didn't put it in the answers in the original one, so I'm not going to claim it as the correct answer. But was it Goldeneye? No. Oh, okay. Never mind. Paul, what did you put? Well, I put an Operation Wolf. <laughs> 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 okay. Right. It was Pokemon. Oh. Uh, what? How did you not get that? I don't fucking play Pokemon. Oh, I thought you loved it. I'm sorry. Oh, God. Sarah's going to kill me. <laughs> um, so, yeah, obviously, Professor Poke. Professor Poke. That, that, that was a great name for a Professor Pokemon. Professor Poke. Why did they not go with that? Anyway. Oh, um, God. Staring him in the face. Okay, and question 15, Dom Santiago, J.D. Phoenix, and Anthony Carmine. Paul, what have you got for this? Gears of War, surely. It is. Congratulations. Oh, fuck yeah. Okay, so tot up your scores. Familiar, familiar faces, worn out faces. Is that his victory song? <laughs> no, it was, the, uh, it, was, it was the song used in the very first Gears of War. Trailer. Oh yeah! Wow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was, that feels lifetimes ago. It was now. a long time ago. <laughs> okay. Okay. Paul, how many do you have you got? Well, considering my answers were like pathetic, I got eleven. See, he does this every week. Every week. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what they are, lads. <laughs> I got eleven out of fourteen. Fifteen. Well done, mate. That's a good score. Thanks, man. Um, Roscoe. I got 13 out of 15. I beat your ass once again, once again. Nice. Um, I got 13. That's going to be the new standard now. So every time Greg wins, he's going to have to do a metal tune. And, uh, <laughs> and every time Paul wins, he's going to have to drop a synth track on us. So <laughs> Congratulations, Roscoe. Um, if you did play along at home, please let us know how many out of 15 you did get uh, via the Twitters or the Facebooks or whatever medium you're listening to this on. That would be did great. Did you see Sarah talking shit on Twitter? Uh, did, did, she nailed both of you, didn't she? She got the high score. She crushed yeah, all of us last week. Fuck the stuff, man. I bet yeah. you didn't this week, though, did you? Huh? 
Ha! I bet you didn't this week. <laughs> don't, 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 don't go, you know. very stupid now, you know that. Oh, damn. Oh, dear. Well, thank you very much, Sean. That was a lot of fun. Thanks. Um, As always. I'm trying to mix it up again next week. Um, maybe go back to some trivia or maybe an audio quiz um, if I can find the time to download loads of bits of game music. So, mm. cool. Uh, nice. How's the uh, how's the league table coming along? Do you know what? I lost it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Do you know no. what was really bad was I sat down and went through all the casts and I wrote them down. I did it while at work because um, obviously it was supposed to be getting paid to do this kind of stuff. So yes. sat sat down and listened to them all, wrote them down, um, and then came back in the next day and my desk had been cleaned, but they put all the paper in a big pile, and it wasn't in the pile. So oh, somebody's what? stolen our league table. <laughs> but uh, I will um, I will do it again and, and next week I'll have, a, I'll have an update for you Sons of bitches Well thank you very much indeed Alright there's only time now for Out This Week So Out This Week uh, Obviously Crash Team Racing landed uh, today As we're recording this which is the Friday uh, June 25th sees Judgment uh, The Yakuza spin-off coming out as well Getting some good-ish reviews So I'm sure that's probably worth being picking up uh, June 25th, there's a, there's a lot coming out. Actually. We've got Monster Jam Steel Titans, which, you know, if you're into that sort of thing, crack on. Uh, Redeemer, the enhanced edition. I think I played Redeemer, actually. You did? I remember rightly. It's EGX. Yeah. That's right. Good times. Uh, Samurai Showdown is out on June 25th. The Sinking City is out on June 25th, which is also the day of the embargo, which is always a good sign. So that's um, that's going to be coming out soon. <laughs> Our review may or may not hit that date. I'm going to really, really try. I'm going away this weekend, so we shall see. Hopefully it will. Uh, Super Neptuna RPG is also coming to PS4 on June 25th. And We, The Revolution, coming to June 25th as well. I saw a trailer for that a while back, actually. It looks awesome. Uh, June 27th sees Wartech Fighters coming out June 28th. F1 2019! The, uh, the annual F1 game lands this week as well. And Hollow Knight comes to PS4 on June 28th. So not a bad week next week. Not a bad week at all. Anything you're going to be picking up next week? Wait, Hollow Knight. Hollow Knight's already out. The Void Heart edition's already out. Is this a physical edition? Possibly, yeah. yeah. Possibly. Anyway, there's uh, there's um, a couple of uh, Rather Liker games coming out this week as well. So I'm pulling in, a, like, spending two quid on a game just to get a really cheap platinum trophy. Of course you are. Of course you are. You know, I, I need. I, so I've reviewed almost all of their games on the PlayStation 4 and I and I I think the highest I've ever given is 7 and that was once the rest have all been like 5 and under um, but they, they've now branched out into not publishing just crappy games and they're doing the you know the One Night Stand game so, mm. so they're the, the publisher behind them so uh, I'm quite looking forward to that it's coming out later this year so well done Rattle like if you, you branched out of just you know Platinum Trophy £2 games Proud of you guys. Proud of cool. you. Proud of you. We're all proud of you here at Finger Guns. Um, right, finally, I'm going to end on a brand new segment, which is me asking Sean, hey, Sean, is Dead End Job out yet? <laughs> um, no. All right, cool. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that does bring an end to the Finger Guns podcast for this week. Thank you very much indeed for listening. If you do want to follow us elsewhere, you can follow us on Twitter at FNGRGNS. Our individual handles are in the description below. You can follow us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash fingerguns at UK. 
You can follow us on Twitch if you like, or fingerguns.net. Um, I was streaming today, but I thought it was over on our YouTube channel, our very dusty old YouTube channel. If you do want to go and check that out, we are still on YouTube, believe it or not. It's an amazing concept, isn't it? If you do want to follow us to another level, you can follow us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash fingerguns. This podcast is paid for by our patrons and hosted thanks to them. So thank you very much. If you are a patron and listening to this, we do very much appreciate it. We'll be back again next week with more gaming goodness. So it's goodbye from Mr. Sean Davies. Bye. It's a goodbye from Mr. Paul Collett. Bye. And we'll see you again next time. I'm your host, Roscoe Kennison. This has been the Finger Guns Podcast. Yeah.